Hello, listeners. This is Yawi Fangirl versus the World. My name is Itasha, and this is Zaidi. And today we're going to be tackling Virtuoso di Amore by Uki Ogasawara. 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 <laughs> uh, licensed by um, Drama Queen. Drama Queen. Oh, I miss Drama Queen. Yeah, I know. I miss Drama Queen. But it's gone. Today I was actually in a bookstore, um, Moho, in Tampa. Oh, really? Oh, did, did they? Yeah. I hate you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you but went to the bookstore there... without me. Yes. <laughs> I was down there meeting a friend, and like I looked at their manga um, shelves, and I was surprised at how many old titles they had there. I know. Along with new titles. I was like, ooh, you know how I'm missing that volume or something. I was like, I'll go back there and try to snatch it. There you go. There I go. <laughs> Found some place that's cheaper than eBay. There you go. <laughs> and that you could just simply grab it. Oh, of course, you got to buy it. But. Exactly. Especially for these old titles that are out of print, like this one. Ah, oh, drama queen, we miss you. I know. Please come back. I know. I know. That's 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 too much, and that's never going to happen. But come on. For those of you who love music, this one is very heavy on the music. And it's been it's been such a long time since we read this. I remember years ago I would read this a lot, mainly because I love the artwork. That's pretty much the thing that I, that draws me to it. No pun intended. Yes, the artwork <laughs> is very very pretty in this I, one. I strongly believe that this artist should do like an illustration of the Kama Sutra Yaoi style, of course. Yes, of Be- course. Because her artwork is just so detailed. And this one has no white thing over the private areas. So uh, you get to see everything. Thank you, Yowie gods. <laughs> I love it's, that, Yowie gods. It's, I mean, you've got gay gods. Why not Yowie gods? Exactly. Anywho, um, so we went back to reading this because, you know, we're just trying to bring back, you know, or at least bring up some titles that I'm not entirely sure if anybody especially in the slightly younger generations ever heard about. So, um, so I just kind of, we just went back to, you know, reading this and from what I've got, because the story is kind of, it's kind of tricky to, to understand what's going on. And when it comes to the characters, we have, uh, Kenzo Shinozuka. He's a, uh, talented, but a kind of underdog pianist, and he is stubborn as F. And he's the semi in this relationship, and... And then you have the Uke Lorenzo. I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not even going to attempt. <laughs> he's like, he's a, uh, a nobleman who is on the Cloud Cuckoo Lander side, and, and also on the Mysterious side as well, and... And I, what I also love about, which leads me to also say, first off, that what I love about the pair in this manga is that it's it's an uh, older uke, younger seme Young, relationship. Yep, younger and seme. when it comes to Yaoi, that's one of my favorite pairings. And and then we're also, and, and of course, another there's another little character, a ridiculously cute cat named Wagahai. Love this cat. This cat is the cutest cat that's ever been drawn in anything ever. <laughs> And how he got the name, he was given this name, and the look on his face was just like, he was just so offended. Like, like, what? 
<laughs> to a point that he just says, I'm out of here. So the basis of this story is um, the... Uh, Kenzo? Kenzo, he, the semi. He's a pianist who has given up on playing the piano for, like, professionally. He basically just plays in bars and restaurants and stuff like this. Because he tried to do a, uh, a concert, but he kept missing the notes over and over until a point that he lost it. Yep. And he pretty much just slipped into obscurity and... And then our other character, the Uke Lorenzo, was I I wasn't sure if he was his teacher like or, a mentor. Or a mentor well, they, or what. They were kind of vague on that. They a actually bit. met years ago at a music academy and Yeah, so I wasn't sure if he was a peer or a mentor. And which of course, you know, only just highlights Lorenzo's uh, mysterious instability. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> instability. Instability. That's another word to describe him. And uh, and that you know he was sort of kind of like um, like a mentor figure. And uh, then there's also this other character uh, who is like this famous conductor and composer Alexander Alexander who I have to say like ooh I, if, 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 they, if, they, if he was if he was uh, colorized I would say he'd be like a silver fox or something and so basically um, they have to prepare for a for I saw a piano concert because um, Lorenzo Lorenzo yes it was Lorenzo Lorenzo he He's been, you know, he does, you know, I mean, it was initially rumored that he was doing drugs, which made him even more unstable to the point of attempting suicide and, you know, being shipped off to rehab. And, well, it seems that his past is kind of, you know. Catching up to him. Yeah. And back to doing drugs. And so he invites Kenzo into his house to be a pianist for him every day, 24 hours. Every night, it was every night, because I remember they had this specific schedule where Lorenzo was out during the day and Kenzo would wake up at night and be his pianist for him. <laughs> so he invited him into his house to be the pianist and with his ultimate goal in mind is for Kenzo to improve and get better and become world famous. That's the ultimate goal. <laughs> but Kenzo at the time doesn't know this, so he's upset because he knows nothing about this character and... And, and so it's like a hit or miss kind of deal. I mean, definitely the upside of this manga would be the artwork. The artwork is definitely the upside. I would say, like, rereading it, not every everything that you reread is always that great. <laughs> but um, rereading it, I was kind of like, oh, why did I like this again? But um, the artwork and definitely the cute cat is and the no white no white bubble on the penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like it's, it's like having glitter on his dick. <laughs> yeah, like the sex scenes in this manga, they're not too explicit, but what I love is that you know like like you said, no cone of light or little dots or anything. It's it's just it's all right there and and again, of course, the cat because who doesn't love cats? Yes. Those who don't love cats get out of our lives and i do like that it is story plot based yes that is one thing i do definitely like about this manga it is story plot based and of course you have the the older man who comes in and tries to be 
a stabilizing like force for the uke who's on drugs later and stuff like that so definitely give it a try yep and i think that's all we have to say for this for now but of course you know we're not done just yet um there are a few other things we want to talk about like tv shows like whether they be official or you know hinted or implied or even if even if it's not official it's like i still ship them yep you know that's that's just how the yaoi mind works yes like sherlock and john watson obviously shippable yep the first time i saw that show no thanks to my older sister who introduced it to me it's like yes why isn't this canon i know we're talking bbc version sherlock the one with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Oh, they played their parts so well. Too well. Too well. <laughs> you know, interesting enough, I remember there was something about how the fans got like really mad that they weren't actually canon pairing because mm-hmm. they brought in Mary or whatever. So the fans were mad and upset about it. And Martin Freeman made a comment saying like they were a little out of control and he doesn't think he wants to do his character again. Oh. Yeah, but he's but he keeps teasing us. Oh. He keeps teasing us who'd in a, interviews and all this stuff. Who thought that he could be a tease? He is such a tease. Shameless. Such a tease. <laughs> but yeah, the Sherlock fandom can be a little out of control. Yeah, I can't exactly say that I was above that, especially in my younger years, because I remember being afflicted by the trope. Uh, het is ew. What's like, Huh? What is that? It's basically like, imagine you are such a hardcore Yaoi fangirl that any heterosexual pairing disgusted you. Oh. Oh, I just got it. Het is you. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that was one word. I nope. Didn't, I didn't. Nope, it's three words. No, they were just, they were, yeah, it was bad. And, and that's what I kind of like is that as you mature, you become a little bit wiser and a little bit more, uh, what's, I mean, yeah, I think mature minded is probably better. Yeah. Another pairing that from TV shows that I really, really like is Torchwood. Oh yes. I remember you watching that a lot. And I remember sitting with you. I was obsessed. I remember sitting with you and there was this scene in which there's this one character, I guess he and Jack knew each other in the past or something, and you're expecting a big fight. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, what's his name who played Spike? God, I can't remember his name. Buffy. <laughs> he played Spike in Buffy. I can't remember his name right now. But yeah, he comes in to the bar. And and you're expecting a big fight. huge fight. Yeah, and then they just walk straight up to each other. You know? And they kiss. Oh, and I remember we're just doing the fangirl scream. We're like, ah! <laughs> this is amazing. I didn't see, I, I didn't expect that, but this pleasantly surprised me. Yes. Ianto and Jack is my favorite pairing in Torchwood. Your one and troop, I'm, your one troop My pair. OTP. And <laughs> the writers did a great job in making that, making it happen. Oh, oh I loved it. Thank you, gay gods. Thank you, gay gods. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're praying to the gay gods. Yes. We we pray to the gay gods. And the the Yaoi Yaoi gods gods today. (laughs) (laughs) So we have have made our penance and prayed. Yes. We we just, I just wonder what offerings should we give Mm. to the gay and Yaoi gods, I wonder. Should probably give this book. Retruso de amor. I'm gonna find some young impressionable and be like, here. 
pass this down to you. There you go. I'm creating yaoi fan babies everywhere I go. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. What's another TV show that you like? Oh my gosh, that's the thing is that, I mean, of course, there's Sherlock, of course, technically that's, um, well, no, not streaming. Uh, it was also available on television, um, I think on PBS. Yes. You know, on like, like on, on night times or something like that. But let's see. Oh my goodness. When I was younger, oof. I can't think of anything at the top of my head because... Okay, let's go back to Star Trek. Oh. I love Star Trek. I am a Trekkie, but I like the reboots. Yes, I play homage to the old ones, but the rebooted movie was pretty good. But from the TV show itself, I really... I think... I, um, I shipped... What's his name? God, Jim and Spock. Oh, Kirk and Spock? Kirk and Spock. Yeah, I think they basically kind of... They started the whole fan fiction, like, verse. Yeah, I think they pretty... Yeah, in fact, they are even the poster boys for the trope Ho-Yay. H-O-Y-A-Y. Ho-Yay? Ho-Yay. ho Yay. Oh, yay. I swear, that's almost like something George Takei would say. Pardon the rhyme, you know. Ho, yay. (laughs) Sorry, couldn't help it. What's the trope of ho, yay? Okay. (laughs) There's no way. There's just no getting away from the rhymes. Anywho, so ho, yay is basically like when you watch a movie or show or read a, a piece of literature it's like you sense there is something pretty much Kirk and Spock. You you sense that there is something between them and 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 that's when you pretty much think shippable. Ah, I have a lot of those. Yeah, so if you're a Yaoi fangirl and if you're watching a movie or a show, reading a comic book, whatever, you know, what have you. And when you see two male characters, and even though their sexuality has not been disclosed or that they're not gay, you they still just sh- belong together. You just ship them. Like like you see more, you sense more chemistry between them than say the main character and the female love interest. And then you say, Oh yay! Oh yay! <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like an exclamation. Yes, it do. does. That's what I was like, doing what that. in the ho yay is going on here? <laughs> Definitely. Um, another TV show that I really like was. Mm, I, I, I mean, I know that in the '90s, especially, my one TV show. Now, while it's not Ho Yay, it's more on the Les Yay, which is basically the female counterpart to Ho Yay. Xena Warrior Princess. Oh, Let's start. I mean, we might as well throw in some gratuitous Yuri, okay? So bear with me. Warning, warning, gratuitous Yuri is coming at you right now. <laughs> like Xena Warrior Princess. I mean, I was in my teens at the time, but I remember thinking, I mean, at first I shipped Xena and Hercules, the Kevin Sorbo. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, I'm like, I actually kind of, I actually kind of want. I never shipped Xena and Hercules. It was always Hercules and what's his name? Oh, Eolus, I think was his name. Oh my God. I mean, Eolus and Hercules and the ripped off t-shirt scenes. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, even in my teens, this was before I even heard of the word Yowie or Yuri. 
Now, when watching Xena, of course, I'm thinking, I actually, like, Xena and, and Gabrielle, I, I, I would, I'm not, I, I remember not at all being opposed to, to them being shipped together. And so I'm like, so if Xena and Gabrielle are, you know, together, or at least, you know, there's more of like this sort of romantic chemistry, then would that also apply to Hercules and Aeolus? Hmm. My Definitely mind- <laughs> Hercules and Aeolus. I think my mind is at the works. Oh my God. Hercules and Aeolus. Actually, I have to take back everything I said about what actually started my yaoi journey because I just remembered Hercules and Aeolus started this journey for me. They so did because I remember watching Xena as a kid and then of course Hercules, it was Hercules first, then Xena and Hercules would come on and I was riveted. (laughs) Everything that they did together, I was like, ooh, ha, ee. Shirts are coming off. They're so close. (laughs) They were definitely one pairing that I really, really loved. Wow. Yes. Those were those were those were were innocent times when you cannot you could only watch a small amount of things as a child. This was also before we got before this was before we got into like the internet as as much Mm -hmm. as we are right now. So before like fanfiction.net or uh what's that other site called um archive of our own before tumblr before um social media in general yeah we had television and you had no outlet for these feelings exactly and (laughs) so say what you will about social media but what i love about it is that it allowed me to connect with other people about these things i mean what also kind of like you know help me like gather more friends I, it makes me sound like i'm gathering like a team of superheroes or villains i don't know I used, of, yeah we superheroes i remember having this purse i still do it's somewhere in my room that says i heart yaoi and that's how i gained a few friends that would say i love your purse <laughs> i love your i love that she's confident enough to wear this purse outside Right? (laughs) (laughs) At such a young age. Especially, I mean, at least in this case, though, I was in my early 20s. I was in college. So that's that's how I met a few of my friends that that I still am in touch with today. Is that how we met? No, it was before that. And you were working at the bookstore? I was working at the bookstore. Okay, yeah. Yep. And and she came in one day and I was like, um... Do you like Yaoi? Actually, I don't even remember how we met. Let me stop. I playing. wouldn't be. No, I think it was through Yaoi that that we that that kind of like just. Oh yeah, you were probably buying Yaoi, and I saw that you were buying it, and then we had a conversation, and I was like, Oh my god! There was no turning you. back. Nope. Nope. There was nope. no turning back, and 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 I've got no regrets. None whatsoever. Yes, the bookstore we worked at, I miss that so much. That's where I got all my goods. Because I ordered them all. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, every single time I was like, oh, I want this title. I will order a title for me and then two extras to put on the shelf. <laughs> I, I mean, it goes to show they're no different from drugs and you were like my supplier. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, could you get me, could you get me this title? Sure. <laughs> Let me order it for myself and several others on the shelf. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was really because of me that 
that manga section became so huge. Nice. It was like taking over our like sci-fi section. Just crawling its way <laughs> towards sci-fi. And and my boss was like, you need to stop. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll stop. And then I kept doing it anyway. <laughs> Oh my god, like I could talk. Yeah, I know that that's where I got a few of the titles I have on my bookshelf from that store. Um, I know Wild Rock was one of them. Thank oh, you. Oh, Wild Rock, such uh, a good book. Uh, I love that one. I miss that artist. I hope she comes back. Me too. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this feeling of deprivation. Like, please come back, Sensei. <laughs> please come back. We miss you. What can you do, right? Right. What can you do? Yeah, not All right. I think that wraps up our episode today. And we will see you guys next time in Yowie Fangirl versus the World. Bye. Good evening, listeners, and welcome back to Yowie Fangirl versus the World. My name is Itasha, and this is... Zali. And today we're going to do something very interesting. We couldn't decide on a topic for our podcast today, so we decided we're going to put a split it into two different topics in one segment, because each of us have knowledge about one particular thing. Mm-hmm. So first, Zaidi is going to talk about drama CDs, and then I will talk about one of my favorite literature gay novels. Take it away. Okay, so I've just noticed, well, I've always noticed for a long while over the years of, you know, of how we get our fill of Yaoi. Plenty in the manga department, and it's mostly thanks to Junae Manga. Thank you. And also illustrated novels. And of course, sometimes, you know, both are, and then nowadays they're available as digital. Uh, then we get some other materials such as folders and you know all sorts of miscellaneous stuff but there's this one thing that I really wish that that some sub company would license drama CDs specifically BL drama CDs or boys love drama CDs as they're called in Japan but here they would probably be called yaoi drama CDs imagine an audiobook but instead of being told by a narrator, like a first-person narrator, you've got a cast of voice actors who voice these characters in manga, novels, even games. And even though we don't see it like we would as an anime, their voices still manage to bring these characters to life. For the most part, quality-wise, they're, they're unbelievably good. Even though... <laughs> You, will, you would have no idea what's going on unless it's based on a manga that's licensed in English so you have an idea what the story is is about. Or doujinshi. Or, or do, do, doujinshis. Doujinshi? Well, mm, no. no, not really, because that's, no. that's fan stuff, basically. But if, I, would, I would love it if there would be a drama CD version of, of doujinshis, because imagine all the Yuri on Ice doujinshi dramatized. <laughs> the chaos that would incur. Yes, and I truly wish there would be a company that would specialize in, you know, you know, in a different outlet, or in this case, drama CDs. 
and I've heard so many about them, oh gosh, I don't know, for about at least 10 years. And, and of course, unlike, say, their anime counterparts, whenever a yaoi title is being adapted into an anime, which is usually, uh, what's the word, watered down, or they make it a little bit lighter, what is otherwise explicit in the original manga. But in the drama CDs, they usually don't hold back. And I salute to the Japanese voice actors that, that just nail it. So you get sex sounds and everything? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> why am I not into this? <laughs> I don't understand why I'm not into these. I have no idea. Neither <laughs> me. Because usually we're, we're so eye to eye on these things. So we're usually like on the same page. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure why. Um, but there are so many known voice actors. And the, the, the one who has the honor of being known as the emperor of the of the boys love department is voice actor Toshiyuki Morikawa. I can I I can't even count how many drama CDs he's done over the years. And he's been in that business since the mid 90s. Has he done any like animes that are Oh yes. Familiar? Yes. Which uh one? let's see. Um he plays the father of the main character in Bleach. Oh. And he does Boys love drama CDs. That's right. Oh, I can just imagine that. <laughs> Does he ever do them as his character, or is it just his voice? Um, with just his voice. Like um, for instance, um, embracing love. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, that's been made into a drama CD. Why am I not into these? Like seriously, you make me feel like an encyclopedia for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, embracing love, or uh, what has the title go in this Japanese title? Haruo Daidata. Uh, you know it as that we see that it, it's it's been released as a manga, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, anime, and of course the winter, the winter, is it cicada? Cicada, cicada okay. Yeah, the winter cicada. I always get that part confused. Anywho, and of course it's been released as a drama CD, and I cannot tell you how many how many drama CDs they've released for that particular title. But yes, that's one of his most notable. Uh, roles in that department and I can tell you now quality wise for the sex scenes in any BL drama CD for the most part there it's it's like who open the windows it's getting hot in here <laughs> so take off all your clothes <laughs> and are these these are in Japanese right yes okay I wasn't too sure on that Yes, they are. and But it is just kind of funny how you'll have some where you have a character who is a foreigner. Uh, there's that. There's this one uh, at manga. It involves a this character. He is an arranged marriage. He's, a, he's the son of a Yakuza boss. Mm-hmm. And he's in an arranged marriage with a childhood friend. They act more like brother and sister, actually. And they do care about each other. But sometimes they act like they hate each other. But... No, they do care about each other, and he goes off to to the bar to get drunk. This is on a cruise, and he's being hassled by these guys. I noticed anime and the manga. Oh God, what's it called? And his love interest is 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 is, is this eco ratin eco something? Yeah, it's it's like oh my gosh, the title is just it's like it's like oh my gosh, what's it called? I'm 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 losing it because I'm I'm just getting so excited about this. But anywho, so. 
you know, sometimes you'll hear this gratuitous Italian mm -hmm. by the voice actor who uh, voices the, the semi in this one, who is this crazy, stupid, fine Italian. Well, he's actually half English and Italian. And he's voiced by Junichi Suabe, AKA Victor from Yuri on Ice. <sighs> he's the go-to guy for foreign characters. And, oh. But anywho, yes, my point is, if there's anyone out there, please let there be a company that's, I don't know, associated with the current ones that license manga to get rights to license drama CDs. Because, you know, we, some folks here in the, in the Western countries, like say the USA, would love to, to, you know, be able to, I mean, you can buy it. It's just that it we it's expensive, like at I think, like the Japanese version of Amazon and there are other Japanese websites where Rakuten. you can order them. Yeah, but they're just so expensive. Can you download like them online stuff like that? You could, but I'd feel better to actually support. I know, but and that's as fans, sometimes we we kind of um, have that line between accessibility and ability to buy so yeah that's true accessibility but is more common now for us versus able to that's buy true. a work uh yeah i i know that it's just i kind of wish that you know it'd be nice to actually be able to a you know get what access to did them you buy yours on uh let's see oh gosh i cannot remember the name to save my life um i remember i got this one from a convention years ago and it's somewhere in my room the void that is my room and it's like but when we go to japan one day one day you gotta show me the place i will show you the place you will show me the in place japan. because i i will i i, I otome road otome for those road. of you who don't know the place otome in road Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> yes you gotta show me that place because I definitely would like to. That's where I will probably be splurging. Yes. I went to Japan a few, um, what, two years ago? And I called her from Japan. And I was like, Saidi, I wish you were here <laughs> so much right now. Because I was surrounded by boys' love everywhere. Yeah, we no have to share it with. <laughs> yeah, we have it, as you called it. Yes, yeah, we have it. And no one to share it with. So... We have definitely will plan to go there, both of us, so I can show you everything. Yeah. We can geek out together. <laughs> yes. Oh, I cannot wait. Yes, neither can so, I. So that pretty much concludes my part of this special, and we move on to Itasha and her input on this. Uh, is it a digital only? No, it's a it's a novel actually. But it's, you can get it as digital. You can get it as a Kindle book or a digit whatever digital platform. I'm not sure. If, what, if it's available as a... What's... Books a Million has a tablet. Download the Kindle app. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon needs to be paying me right now. <laughs> they need to be paying me right now. Exactly. But it's also a paperback book. Now, I've had this book for years. Um, I got it in the Kindle version. I can't even... I don't even remember how I... How I even got to the page to discover this book. Like you but, just... Oh, you know what? It was Stallion by Kosen. Oh, yeah. Because it was... Um, Stallion by Kosen is this yaoi manga 
that talks about um, Native Americans, well, or would they be considered Native Japanese? I, <laughs> um, I don't know, Aboriginal, very, let's just say Aboriginal to be safe. But very pretty ones. Yes, very pretty Aboriginals. So I had wanted more, and a white man. Mm-hmm. So I had wanted more of that type of story. And I came across this novel called Cut Hand. Kind of like as a suggestion? Like, if you no, like I, this? No, I was just like... I was look. I don't know. I just came across this novel <laughs> called Cotton because I really did not even put in put it into like a search or anything. I was one of my two AM browsing on Amazon. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's called Cut Hand. Cotton. Okay. By by Mark Wilder. Okay. Yes, by Mark Wilder. <laughs> and what I really really liked about this book is not okay. Let me go back. The basis of this book is. Um, this is, takes place during the 1800s when the West is wild, as they call it, and is mostly populated by Native Americans. Mm-hmm. One, um, this white guy, Billy, Billy, I can't remember his last name, Billy. 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 Um, he was traveling with um, in a coach with some people moving to the West for the first time, and they got attacked by these Native Americans. Um, most of everyone was killed. But the leader of the tribe, his name is Cuthan. Hence the title. Yes. Took a liking to Billy and recognized that Billy was of two spirit, is what they call it. Was of two spirit, meaning he is homosexual. Oh. Now, in their culture, whatever, being of two spirit is a place of honor. It's not reviled in any way. Mm-hmm. Unlike, just, some, unlike some yeah. cultures. So what follows is Billy becomes Cuthan's husband within the tribe. So you have this thing, this white man who becomes the, like the tribe wife wow. <laughs> yeah, of a Native American. So it's about Billy transitioning and learning the ways of his adopted tribe, his relationship with Cuthan growing. And in the background of this entire story, this is why I like it so much. In the background of it, it talks about how, um, how, Native Americans were slowly but surely pushed off their land Mm -hmm. or their land was stolen by the American people. So not only do you get this homosexual love story that's happening that spans, actually spans generations too, you get uh, an entire history lesson about how the West was industrialized. Yeah. So it's one of, definitely one of my favorite books because the author does a good job of blending history and romance especially gay romance it's ex- exactly that's amazing gay romance that's something you don't see every day i've seen plenty of media particularly movies in which uh you would have a white man who befriends native americans uh or a white woman being you know kidnapped by you know native americans and she falls in love with one of them you know kind of, and, and it's like eh, you know but in this kind of form i've that is something I don't hear every day, except of course for Stallion. Yeah, you know, but, exactly. But but that's you know, but that's Yaoi and that's fantasy. Whereas for, whereas for, Cut Hand, however, that reminds me, I'm gonna have to read this now, adding that to my, uh, adding that to my uh, to uh, to read list. So, so yeah, th- so that combined with history lesson. Now that. that yeah, and like Mark Wilder also continues this story of Cotton. So not only do you get his story with Billy, you get um 
what happens after the fact too. So you get like basically 30 years of history in a Native American culture up until them going to reservations and all that stuff. And then you get the story of, spoiler alert, their, um, not, I don't want to say, ans- not ancestors is a word, their kids and what keeps continuing to happen. And Mark Wilder has done a great job of building this entire like universe where you just feel like, wow. <laughs> That's how I felt reading it, like, wow. <laughs> and then a majority of his books are um, Native American gay novels, actually. So he's, he's wrote... He's, he's wrote, written a lot. He's written a lot. So, oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. So there's there's more to read. There's more to read. Another favorite of mine that he has is called Echoes of the Flute, which is also very good. And it continues the story of one of Cotan's kids. So, oh, like a continuation? Yeah. That's cool. So again, that's, that's something I'm going to have to definitely add into my growing list of books to read whether it be digital or physical although I'm more traditional in that regard I prefer you know physical books even though digital would probably be more convenient because you could carry it anywhere and everywhere you go that's true so definitely give Mark Wilder a chance so like Zaidi said a lot of times we are very um on the same page with Yowie sometimes. It's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we're just pretty much on the same yeah. page of almost everything. Yeah. But like, I think I read more Yowie, like, um, homosexual novels, especially, like, literature novels than she does. And she does more Boy Loves drama CDs than <laughs> I do. So now we have something to, like, switch off on and share, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and, you know, it would be nice if there was an adaptation of that. I would love that so much because they did not do justice to Maurice because Maurice as a book is grand. But Maurice the movie... Eh. Yeah, I've never, yeah. I, I can't really quite have much to say. I don't have much to say on that because I've never seen. I've heard of it, but never seen. But I uh, have the, I have the book of my own. I've read that, and it's very well ahead of its time. Exactly for a book that was written in what late like early 1800s, either either late nineteenth century, early twentieth century, something around there. And it's like wow, this is because usually. Most literature that, or any form of media or entertainment involves the trope, bury your gaze, in which if you're a gay character, you must die. I'm gonna have to, to introduce you to Liz Fontes and Liz Tarebilis. It's um, this um, French erotica novel mm-hmm. in the 1700s. Pretty freaking good. What's it called again? I have, I'll tell you oh. later. I have it on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a novel or a manga? It's a novel. Oh, okay. Like a lit novel. Ooh. I am very much, I love literature. I feel like we can sit, we can see the history of our world through um, literature. So like, that's why I have a lot of, and you know, I love gay erotica. So I have a lot of gay <laughs> lit Yes, <books. laughs> yes. I can, I can, prom- I, yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can testify to that because yeah. it, it's, it's, I can't even count. <laughs> I have a problem. I have a problem. But there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> exactly. And so, because I mean, they've adapted so many things, so many novels like Game of Thrones, yeah. Outlander, Outlander, 
and it's like you know i know brookback mountain was kind of them testing the waters yeah but i feel like there are better stories out there to be told yeah that they haven't especially when it comes to you know native american culture especially on how you know it views you know homosexuality or whatever their terminologies are Mm -hmm. so that's that's something that i think we need to have we we need that yes Paid and proper respect, all cultures. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's that's one of the reasons that I feel that, yeah, you know, I think they should take a piece of literature like Cut Hand, for instance, and adapt it, you know. That would make a fabulous movie. Yeah, exactly. I there are there are so many pieces of literature that have uh, you know, gay love or queer love that that definitely needs some love too. Exactly. You know? Well, I guess this wraps up our episode today. Um, if you guys have any favorite literature or erotic literature or even gay literature or any favorite boy love things you would like to share with us, please feel free to drop us a line on Spotify or Google app or Google um, podcast podcast or anchor itself. We would love to hear from our listeners and thank you. See you guys next episode. Thank you so much for listening to us ramble on as usual. That is what the Yowie fangirl do, apparently. Exactly. (laughs) So y'all have a good night. Bye. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Yowie fangirl versus the world. My name is Natasha, and this is... Zaidi. And today we're going to be doing something a little interesting. We're going to be talking about our favorite yaoi mangas. Or one of our favorites, because we can't choose just one. That's like choosing amongst our children. Exactly, which we have none of. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to start off first. I'm going to talk about Underground Hotel. Mm. Now, Underground Hotel is... Two volumes long. Two small, big volumes long. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense. Exactly. It's it's a chubby volume. It was printed by 801 Media. And the author of this is Mika Sarahiro. Now, the basis of Underground Hotel, what makes it interesting is, one, it takes place in the United States. Two, um, you get to see a lot of characters that are not all um, of all different ethnicities because this one takes place in a prison setting. So the basis is we have this, um, God, what what do you call them when they come over to study? Uh, like International a- student. Oh yeah. We have this international student who's named Sen and he comes over to study from Japan to America. Now while he's there, he starts having an affair with um, a married woman and his teacher his his teacher of course and the husband um finds out about it and bursts in on them now the husband was gonna rape him so the wife killed the husband but sen decided that he was gonna take the fall take the fall for the whole thing so he ends up going to prison and in prison he meets this um black this black guy with dreads called Swordfish. And Swordfish is a lifer. He's not getting out of prison. Well, for Swordfish, he automatically falls in love with Sen. So he does all these manipulation things to make Sen's time in prison harder so Sen can depend on him for protection. So basically trying to make him his 
his B. <laughs> you know which bee we're talking about. We're not talking about the little insect that 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 pollinates her. Yeah, you know what we mean. Trying to make him his wife, his prison wife. Yeah, prison that's, wife. That's the word I was looking for. I've, I've never heard of that word. His prison wife. So he com- he becomes Sam becomes Swordfish's prison wife in order to um survive to survive. But he ends up falling in love. They end up falling in love together. So what happens is, as the story continues, you have some characters trying to pull them apart and get between them, trying to use them against each other, but they stay faithful to each other. And then they're both decide to be, well, Sen is not a lifer, but Swordfish is uh, a lifer. And that's what the whole story is about. It's a pretty good manga. So... And unfortunately, it is also out of print. <laughs> so, so there's not any print copies of it left Good unless you go to eBay them. or Amazon. Um, but you can read it online unless, at, at Manga Go. Unless there's like a way that you can, if it's available, as, you know, in digital form. Actually, I haven't looked that one up. I don't know if it's available in digital form. It might be available in digital form. Because I don't think 801 Media is around anymore, or maybe it must have merged with June because I saw that when we were looking through the June website. Yeah, that they had a bunch of 801 titles. So maybe there was like a merging, perhaps, that we were unaware of, because it's been a long time. Um, since I left you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time someone says that, I have to go continue with the next verse. It can't be helped. I can't be helped. But yeah, it has been a long time that that we've been buying, I would say, manga. Yeah, we manga. It's been a while since we've buying them in book form, but digitally it's been yeah and usually my interest had kind of like drifted to uh guilt pleasure Mm -hmm. yeah you know because that's been my main drug of choice yeah the years and i've been i've kind of drifted to a lot of online comics like net comics and um god what's the other one i can't remember their name is it similar uh it's similar to net comics oh okay uh i have an app for it lizine Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, so I've drifted a little to the online Mm -hmm. manga-verse, which isn't great. Mm -hmm. But Underground Hotel by Mika Sarahiro. Definitely give it a chance. And I will warn you, it is 18-plus mature content. So there's a lot of bam, bam, shablam. (laughs) (laughs) What? There's a lot of it. In yeah. this one. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of violence. Mm-hmm. There's violence. There will be blood. Pardon the title drop. Um and you know, so if you're into more if you're something that's more like soft and fluffy, then this is not, not for, for you. you. Not Definitely for you. not for you. Because this one is a little bordering on not dark, as they call it. Not dark. Not no no. I was what? gonna say something else, and then I was like, it's bordering on dark. Uh, on dark, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but not that it's not dark. It is dark. It is as dark as my soul. Okay. <laughs> so. But yeah, I've read that too. I've read Underground Hotel and and of what you've mentioned that you know the the, the setting, you know the location. You know, that's not something you see every day because usually when you hear yaoi manga, you think of like 
one location, usually in high school, where all this, where it's you know, usually like a boys, an all boys school. Sometimes it's you know both boy and girl school. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's like people at their jobs, like corporations. Yeah, you know, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes maybe like college age, college age. You know, and then of course uh, businessmen. Yes. Yeah. So, so you sh- those are like the the typical setting, settings yeah. for yeah for yaoi mangas. But in prison, an American prison, however, talk about stepping outside your comfort zone. I've never been to prison, so I can't comment if they did it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think yeah, think Shawshank Redemption. Yes, but full of but a cast full of gay. Yes, pretty much. Basically, what it is. And so, yeah, it's a recommend for those that are inclined to something that's a little bit more plot-driven and that can handle the violence. Yes. And so... What's your favorite manga? Or one of my favorites is called Innocent Bird by Hirotaka Kisaragi. A, a male a male manga artist, mind you. I was just thinking, I did something dark, and your own is called Innocent Bird. <laughs> but but the title, don't let it fool you. It's um it is also kind of dark, but it does have it, it's kind of like a good balance between light and dark in uh tone. So you've got this angel and he is sent to basically be like the last friendly word to this demon that he has to go back to the underworld but this particular demon not only he does not want to go back he wants to remain living a human life and be and live as a priest where he helps people and that if he devotes himself to God then he will become human and it's a sweet little story and the art is just oh I fell in love with it I'd have to say this was what introduced me to this particular artist a man by the way because usually when you hear yaoi it's female usually, it's usually marketed as from women for, for women. women and but in this case this is done by a man and I salute him for his fabulous art style and I love how even the character, the, the demon that I just mentioned, he is essentially the uke in this relationship, but I like how he's not too girly, you know, but not too masculine either. Mm-hmm. You know, a pretty boy. That's that's pretty much the best term I could, uh, I could use to describe him. And the angel is just crazy stupid fine in the, uh, pardon the word, uh, in the badass long coat and... And it turns out he and this particular demon, they're not so different after all because, you know, while you have a former demon who wants to believe in God, this angel has doubts. And together they go on this journey to, you know, to change their lives. And along the way, you know, they're trying to escape the demon's former master who has no intention of letting the demon go. The demon was essentially like his um like his pet, a plaything, a sex slave if you will. And of course, in, in true manga uh fashion, the bad guy of course is just incredibly sexy. And I think there's a trope called evil is sexy. Evil is sexy. <laughs> yes. Cuz evil 
can be sexy. Because he, here I have a page. Especially in Yaoi manga. Here I have a page open in which he's sitting on a cool throne wearing, you know, just, you know, a sharply dressed man, you know, with a coat draped over his shoulder. Just, just, just basically almost looking like a pimp. And he's so sexy. And he is just so sexy. Like, like you, you can't help, you, you don't want to hate him. <laughs> Even though you know full well you should. <laughs> and I would definitely give this about like an, I don't know, a 9 out of 10. And the reason I say that is that there, because uh, the demon's former master, uh, the Archduke, he actually has a past because he was basically like a fallen angel himself. And that he was in a relationship with another character who is the... The main, the uh, angels are uh, superior. They used to know each other, mm-hmm. and and of course, a lot of readers of this particular manga would love to see a little something focusing on this side couple. And I remember reading this manga. I, uh, I borrowed it from you actually, and I read it a long time ago, but I have not picked it up from since. But I remembered I really, really did like it because it has a lot of. It's a plot-driven manga. Yes. Don't expect... Unlike Underground Hotel, this one is definitely plot-driven. Don't expect any smut or any uh, heavy sex scenes. Uh, Of course, if you're patient enough, you can definitely catch it in Volume 3. There's uh, three volumes, and it's it's, it's, uh, licensed by Blue Manga. So good luck finding all three of these. Um, And... And... Ugh... You know, just brace yourself for one heck of a ride. Yeah, Underground Hotel is actually plot driven too. Yeah, yeah. It's just that there's more. There's just more violence and smut and stuff in it. Yeah, whereas Innocent Bird is, you know, more on like the religious theme, and and that there's just you know more plot to tell, and that of course if you're more inclined to the sex scene, well, you know. Volume three. Volume three. Just I'll... remember all the story to get to the smut. Exactly. <laughs> and then Underground Hotel, all the story with the smut. <laughs> yes. In Innocent Bird, it's kind of like what's how's that saying go? Um, it's not the journey. It like it's not the destination. It's the, the journey. journey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That exa- that exact saying. <laughs> <laughs> and so we definitely recommend these two titles. Totally different in theme, but still enjoyable nonetheless. Yes. Well, I think that's it for tonight, today. Yep. And hopefully next time we will be discussing a uh, piece of, of one piece of literature. And I have to make a correction because in our last podcast, I actually recommended this, but I had the wrong book by him. Um, the author is um, Jean or John, John, John Cocteau, and the name of the book is actually the White Book. We're going to be talking about it in our next podcast, and then I recommended another book by him that is not Yahoo related, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's still good from our previous podcast. So check them both out. John Jean or John Cocteau is he's a very great author. So check all all his books. Yeah, not only is he an author, I also looked him up. He's also a director too. Yes, he is. He's a director also. Yep. If so, you're, yep. So stay tuned for our next episode, and when we're going to talk about the white book, white book, <laughs> the white book. <laughs> oh, that is so, the white that book. Is wrong. The white book. <laughs> yeah, the white book, and 
Goodbye. Good listeners. Night. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Yaoi Fangirl versus the World. This is Zitasha. And this is Zaidi. And today we're going to be dis- discussing the white book, Le Livre Blanc by Jean Cocteau or Jean Cocteau, whichever. He's, fr- he's, he's French. 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 We <laughs> <And laughs> said French three times. <laughs> All right. So this book was published in 1928. Yeah, originally. about like around around the 1920s. Yeah, the late 20s. Yeah, in France, and then the first published, the first English publication, I think, was in 83. Really, I thought it was 57. Uh, no, it was translated oh. in English in about in the 80s. Yeah, you were the one who um, introduced this book to me. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you introduced me to this book. Me to this book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, introduced this book to me. I literally went up to sit her and was like, hey book, this is ID. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um, Jean Cock, for a long time... You know what? I think you were right. It was 1953. Now that I'm thinking about it, you gotta excuse me. My memory is not that great. But um, at the time that it was published, it was published anonymously. Um, Jean Cocteau did not want to take any type of ownership for it because, unfortunately, because of the time period, because of um, the taboo, the taboo, and his mother was still alive. And even now, he even as time passed on and stuff like that, he was very vague about um, taking ownership for this novel. Even the book itself, as I was reading along initially, it was kind of vague. Like I was kind of having trouble catching on exactly what was going on. Yeah, well, the way it's written is written in narrative form, first of all, and is written kind of autobiographical and alludes to a lot of stuff happening without saying it happened. But the, the cool thing about the white book is that it comes with artwork. So everything alludes to you see in, well, you see kind of homoerotic artwork along with it. <laughs> so it's like, I remember this one, he was talking about um, his gardener mm-hmm. and how the gardener was very magnificent. He was very magnificent. He had a great body and stuff like this. Ooh. And then right next to it was a picture of the gardener with his penis out. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the great things about this book that I really like, that you got artwork. So even though it's not graphically, not graphically, but... Um, Explicit. Explicitly. But there is male... Sexual. N- yeah, but there is male nudity yeah. in the artwork. The artwork has a lot of, uh, yeah, nudity but the words themselves, it's kind of like poetry. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. I guess that's why I had trouble catching on in the first half of the book. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like poetry. And he takes you through his life in um, a series of three major stories. The first one is when he's a child and he discovers that he likes boys for the first time. Mm-hmm. We're introduced to the gardener. We're introduced to, um, what's his name? Diagnis, uh, like a like a schoolmate, a schoolmate who he was very mature looking for his age, and uh, yeah, and he was very in love with, and then of course tragedy, which is interesting about this book in all as 
assets of his romantic entanglement that ended in tragedy. Mm-hmm. So you have with Diagnes, he passed away. You have with um, the second part of his life, the, um, what's his name? Pants the Chance. Uh, yeah. The Chance. Mm-hmm. He, I forgot what happened to him. He died. That's what happened, but I forgot what happened. It, 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 it led it, up to him dying. In short, <laughs> in this particular, if, if you if you ever had the chance to read this book, expect a lot of angst and, and, and a lot of tragedy along the way. And then there was also like, because as he's going along in order to kind of like deny, you know, who he really is, I think he had two affairs. He had two affairs with um with women. With women, yeah. But of course, both ended not quite. Yeah, one of them he was going to marry her, but he fell in love with the brother instead. Yeah, oh, that's and a, oh. that ended in a tragic situation with the brother taking his own life. That, yep. And then, and then he tried to join the monastery, and they were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're like, it's like, yeah, this is way out of your element. Yeah, they were like, please think about this. I was, I was kind of surprised about that. You think they want people, but they were yeah. like, please think about this. This requires commitment. But yeah. Um, oh, and, and another interesting thing I thought, um, when he was explaining about his life, he mentioned his dad and how he thought his dad was a homosexual and how... He felt like if his dad was just true to himself, then he wouldn't have been born. Or he, if he was born, he would have had a much better... He would have had someone to talk to, someone to say, hey... Identify with. Yeah, to identify with. So I thought that was pretty interesting, too, that he talked about his dad. And, um, go ahead. And the second, uh, and the second woman that uh, he struck a relationship with... Um, I think she was like a prostitute or something like yes. that. And of course he was actually, he was actually more in love with her pimp. With the pimp. And they had this whole relationship, but again, it became the dictomy of, um, the pimp could not give up women because the taboo of it. And he, in every single relationship he had, he wanted commitment to him but they lived at the time because of society pressure and because of being gay was so taboo. Then these men he fell in love with who had relationships with didn't want to be with him fully. They wanted to lead normal lives. So they had women, they had people that some of them wanted to marry, stuff like that. And he, so he felt the majority of the time alone. I found this book very, very sad. Yeah, That's the one thing about this that... I was crying at parts. Wow. Like, I'm like, it's it's a very sad book because you have this person who, you know, just wanted to be himself, but society didn't allow him to be true to who he was. Mm-hmm. Because usually when you hear France, usually you would think, you know, sexual liberty, sexual freedom and so forth. But it seems that, you know, even in certain times, it was kind of like, uh, hold everything. You know, nope, nope, you can't, you can't do that. And so, yeah, it wasn't until about like towards the end that, that it, that it finally does click and I'm finally able to understand a little bit more and, and that, yeah, it is, it's very sad. It's very tragic how, you know, he could not be himself and, um, and then he becomes an isolationist. He isolates himself from society because he was like, if society doesn't accept me, 
then I shouldn't be in society. Mm-hmm. So. But he actually, um, I've act- the, his name sounded so familiar. So when I looked him up, uh, I saw that that he's actually, you know, he he he's became a, a director yeah. and a director. And uh, if you're familiar with the classic uh, Beauty and the Beast the film, yeah, yeah, like the 1940s yeah. version, the French film uh, La Belle et la Bête, and uh, it's like it's like oh my gosh. This is the same man? Yep. This is the same guy? Same guy. And also, um, the actor who plays the Beast was the director's lover in real life. So yeah. when I learned that, I'm like, oh, oh I, ne- I never knew. Yeah, he did a lot of great French um, films. He did Le Infantis, Terribles is another good one that he did. The Terrible Infants? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, he did a bunch of... Great he, ones. Yeah, he did. A, yeah, I saw the titles, but I've never seen them. The Beauty and the Beast one was the only one that I've seen. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of my favorite things, I'm going to quote apart from this book. It was at the end where he talked about this was after his last lover died. And he was like, I felt I could no longer live in this world where ill luck and mourning haunted me. I could not resort to suicide because of my faith. This fate and the disturbed state in which I had remained since relinquishing religious practices led me to the idea of entering a monastery. So this is how alone and just so, so like, not sad, that's not the word, desperate he was. Mm-hmm. That's the word, desperate he was for some type of connection because he felt like the world didn't care for him or love him in any way um, because of all this tragedy. And then he was like, I'm going to enter the monastery. <laughs> and the monastery didn't Even the monastery him. told him no. And I felt so bad. Like, oh my God. Even the monastery told him no. And then he was like, well, I'm going to become an isolationist. I fully realized that an ideal fit for termites, like the Russian ideal, which tends towards a parole, condemns the singular in one of its most lofty forms. <laughs> so he was like, I shall depart leaving this book behind it that that sounds like a like a memoir it is it does it is it's supposedly semi-autobiographical but like we said it's still vague and if it's true or not but then again if you lived in a time period where you know being gay for instance was still frowned upon and if you wanted to at least leave a little bit of your legacy you know you might not want to be you know, you don't want to risk being too explicit in your in telling your story. Yeah. And the so- one thing I I actually did not do, and I should have done when I looked up when I um, read this book again for the podcast. I did a long time ago, but I do, I don't remember now. I had looked up um, what France was like during that time. And it's been so long and I didn't look it up again and I really should have because I had some pregnant information to say and I totally forgot what it was. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So go look up like that time period and what was going on in France with homosexuality and stuff like that Mm -hmm. during that time period. Yep. It kind of makes me want to take on reading uh, Morris or Maurice. Maurice. Yeah. It makes me kind of want to read that. Because it's a good story. You should read that and Giovanni's room. I can't say this enough. The one thing I love about Giovanni's room is this juxtaposition to the Red Scare. So definitely read Giovanni's room. Okay. It also takes place abroad. Okay. In, in France or Spain. 
I can't remember right now. You know how my memory is. It's yeah, yeah. I have a horrible memory, listeners. Unfortunately, uh, sometimes I do too. You know, that I'm not immune to. I'm not immune to have. It's yeah. It's uh. But yeah, I think Morris should definitely be something we should talk about sometime down the road because yeah, I'm I mean, gonna have to reread Morris. I'm gonna have to reread that. But yeah, definitely, we should definitely talk about it. Um, on a lighter note, what is one thing that you're into that's yaoi based right now what do you mean like um anything like movie couplehood anything you mean like you know like what kind of relationships that i prefer or no like what is one thing that what you're is obsessed, one... obsessed with right now that's oh yaoi? like what is it about yaoi that no what is something that you're obsessed with right now that's yaoi or like for right now i just i just rewatch all of attack of titan the first three seasons, uh-huh. and now I'm obsessed with Erin um, and uh, God, what's his name? What does he look like? Not Levi, Erin and oh, oh, it what's, it, it, it disappeared. What well, Erin and Levi is one. Armin, Erin oh, and Armin. I'm yeah. obsessed with them right now. So, some yeah. reading a bunch of fan fiction that's Erin <laughs> and Armin related, but there's not a lot. A lot of them are threesomes with Erin, Armin, and Levi. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. I mean, like, I know, oh. I know that there's like one or the other, like in the case of Aaron and Levi, you know, it could be either yeah. or, although honestly, I kind of prefer Aaron being, you know, the semi in the relationship. I mean, when he's older, preferably, yeah. but anywho, you know, that sort of deal, but anywho, like, f- like favorite ships or, oh, something um, you're obsessed with right now. This is my current obsession, Aaron <laughs> and Armin, but Unfortunately, they're Throckles' relationships. So, Aaron, Armin, and Levi, I guess. <laughs> I do like Levi, though. I really do like him, but I just don't like him with um, Armin. In the same equation? In the relationship oh, okay. sense, yeah. Okay. Hmm. If anything, I, I, I ship him with Erwin. Yes. Levi and Erwin. Yes, they're, those two are usually shipped a lot. And rightfully so. Anywho, uh, let's see. To answer your question, oof. Okay, so I was watching a little bit of, and don't judge me, uh, of Pearl Harbor by Michael Bay. I'm judging you. (laughs) Just hear me out. It's like, it's kind of like, like, not necessarily a guilty pleasure, but just that it's like, you know, this could have been, this could have, this could have been written out way better. Like, first off, um, you know, you want to add like a romantic plot tumor, which basically is like a, a trope that, you know, where you add like a romance into a film or, or any kind of form of entertainment that really just doesn't fit in with the plot. Uh, so you've got Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett, their characters were childhood friends and you know what, you know, instead of like having like this sort of semi love triangle when you throw in the 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 pretty nurse in the uh, in the picture, how about uh, Josh Hartnett's character is actually gay and in love with Ben Affleck's character? But of course, this being the '40s, he can't say anything about it, mm-hmm. and so um, and and it's just like you know that sounds a little bit more doable because seriously, you know, so you've got Ben Affleck's character. And the girl, uh, played by Kate Beckinsale, and I love Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, don't get me wrong; she's 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 a lovely actress, but 
you know, the point is, it's like, so you put those two together, Ben Affleck's character goes off to Britain to join alongside the RAF. He, quote unquote, gets killed. You know, everybody on Spoiler mainland... alert, if you haven't seen this movie. <laughs> I would, I probably wouldn't even bother with spoiler alerts because, you know, that movie was like almost 20 know, years I'm, ago. I'm being sarcastic. But anywho... I haven't seen... Pearl Harbor, the Michael Bay version. Yeah, don't yeah, don't even bother. It has it, Michael Bay's name. I'm not bothering at all. Yeah, but but it's like it's so it's like yeah. So he's dead. Everybody's you know mourning for him and so forth. And then she and the childhood best friend, you know, they grieve together and so forth. So it's like okay, but how about it would just be a series of misunderstanding. That everybody thinks oh oh wow she's moving on fast, you know. But it's like, no, nothing of the sort has happened. Oh, so they should be together instead of... But, you know, guess who comes back from the dead? <laughs> the Does be- he really come back from the be- dead in the movie? Yeah, because it turns out he wasn't dead at all. He survived somehow. How? I I don't know. Is, are the characters in Pearl Harbor based on real people? No, not really. Oh, okay. It's so like, imagine... Just the event Yeah, just real, the event, yeah. Not the characterization. Like, like, yeah, like, think Titanic, but, you know, 1940s, you know, <laughs> up, to, <laughs> up to the Pearl Harbor attack. And Did he not make room on the, on the door either? <laughs> Still mad about that. I, I there know. was room. <laughs> He could have been saved. Ugh. But poor Leo. That's <laughs> <laughs> a freeze oh, to death. Oh, but it, it's yeah, I, yeah. That that still baffles my mind to this day after over twenty years. Supposedly, like people ask them about it all the time too. Yeah, they're like every time like he's doing an interview or something, they're like. Was there room on t- on that thing? Especially the girl who plays Rose. I can't remember her name. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yeah, they asked her about it all the time. They're like, "Was there that room on the boat? <laughs> on the, it was that? a door. On the door. Yeah. On the I'm door. pretty sure they've done it just right. You know, they would have been able to fit. You know, Dude, MythBusters. I think did a whole thing about it. And it turns out, like, I guess maybe it wasn't impossible. Yeah. It, it was, it wasn't possible after all. After that, all, that, yeah. it, that it would be too heavy and therefore, you know, but, but still, it's like, you guys could have at least just tried. tried. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Unfortunately. Yeah. But anyway, but anywho, we're just rambling on again because that's what because we what do. We, we ramble. That's ramble, what we ramble. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. You'd think that would be a clear indicator, but, um, but yeah, it's just, so, but yeah, I wouldn't exactly call what I was just talking about, like an obsession, just something that I wanted to, you know, just get out, get off my chest because it's like, seriously, this could have been done way better. Like, first off, let's keep the whole romance thing, you know, to a minimum. But if I had to say anything, though, and this is something I'm going to have to mention sometime down the road. Welcome to Night Vale. That's oh, still my thing. You're still obsessed. Yes. Wait, it didn't come out yet. Yeah, welcome to Night Vale, which will be in our next episode. Yeah, if not our next episode, but sometime down, sometime, you know, down the trail, because, I mean, come on, you know. I know. Just for those who... The ships are abound in that one. For those who have not heard of Welcome to Night Vale, please check out the pilot episode. It's the first one. 
you you won't be disappointed because that's basically what reeled me in. That it, it's also a podcast, and that's also a podcast. Welcome exactly. To Night vale. Yes. So if you're into all sorts of weird stuff, this podcast is just for you. Think of um God. What's that anim? Not animated. That cartoon called where the brother and the sister go to live with their uncle, and it's in this and all these weird things keep happening. God, what's it called? I can't remember the name of this cartoon. All I know is that it's basically like um, like The X-Files, Supernatural, The Twilight Zone, and H.P. Lovecraft and Stephen King all rolled into and one. And that cartoon, if I ever remember the name. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. It really is like that. That's literally... And I keep recommending this cartoon to you two. And I can't believe I've forgotten the name. But it's definitely like Welcome to Night Vale. Uh-huh. Um, you have the strange things keep happening all around them and stuff like that. And uh, you have the brother and sister who's trying to figure out just... They keep going on to these little mini adventures with all the strange things that happen. And it's just... It's normal for this town. It's just normal. <laughs> yeah, that these strange things happening and they and they're they seem like the odd people out because they're questioning it. <laughs> and it's like, no, this just happens here. <laughs> I can't remember the name of that cartoon. But we're gonna wrap it up because we've gotten off track. Way of, off track. Way <laughs> off track and way off time. We've we've been trying a new thing where we're trying to set a specific time to end this. It's not working, but um, so I apologize again for having weird, weird timage. Yeah, some of them are 45 minutes long. Some of them are 10. Some of them are 20. Some of them are 30. We keep having, so we're trying to get it down so we have a set time for it. Um, a certain amount of minutes for it, but we're going to keep working on that. Yep. But thank you for listening and we'll see you next time in Yowie Fan Girls versus the world. All right. Have a good night, everybody.